0: My name is Edward and I have the privilege of preaching this morning, continuing the series in 1 Corinthians that we've called Messy Church. I want to preach on a subject that will be, in some senses, no surprise to those of you who know us, but still is so, so critical. Baptism. 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 Baptism is one of those things that I have been baptised in March 1993 in Newcastle at Heaton Baptist Church. As a student, having come to faith, I wrestled with this for a long time, but remembered that when I came to faith, when I was journeying with Jesus, I became more and more convinced that I needed to respond obediently to Jesus' call to be baptised. When I served in Zimbabwe on my gap year, I had the privilege of seeing a number of people baptised amongst the communities in uh, Zimbabwe. And as I've looked back over 21 years of ministry, I've seen again and again that as the Holy Spirit works, that as Jesus is made known, people respond in faith and again and again are called to be baptised. I've included in this message just some of those images wherever it would happen to be, whatever continent, whatever country, whether in Africa or in Asia or in England, in Chipping There is a universal call and a universal imperative to believe and be baptised as disciples. Why am I preaching on this today? because it's in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians, and I'll talk about those a little bit more. But also, this is kind of by way of an introduction for something that's happening in two weeks. Even in lockdown, even in these restricted times of meeting, the Lord has been at work in people's lives and delighted that we're going to have a baptismal service in two weeks' time. You witnessed that online, but I wanted to to preach about baptism and the call that... The Lord puts upon each of us because there's still time. If you are a believer and haven't yet been baptised, then there is opportunity and possibility for you to join and be baptised by immersion in a couple of weeks. Do get in touch if that's something you'd like to think a little bit about. Father, would you speak through the scriptures and in that which I've prepared and bring blessing and encouragement, challenge, and a new step of faith. Amen. As I said, baptism seems kind of a, one of those things that of course we would preach about. We're a Baptist church. But nevertheless, baptism is still controversial. As a Baptist church, we, we found our origins in the, in the Protestant uh, movement in the 1660s. As people read the scriptures and realised that belief is always linked to baptism belief first then baptism repent and be baptized believe and be baptized as those pioneers of our faith in that century recognized and reclaimed the early church's practice baptism is a central part of the journey of faith things changed in about the the third century under emperor constantine he was the emperor of the roman empire he converted to Christianity and one of his declarations was that the whole of the Roman Empire was now Christian. One of the outworkings of that logic was that if you were a Christian because you were born into it, therefore you should be baptised early on. But that was contrary to the, the thrust and the impact and the import of scripture which says believe. So our practice Having reflected deeply on Scripture and the theology of that is to baptise believers, not just adults nor babies. The baptism is about that step of faith, that journeying with Jesus, that reception of being born again as, as believers and responding to the command of Jesus in Matthew 28. Verse 19, 18 Go into all the world, make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded. But baptism is, is not just something Jesus commanded, though that is critical, but is the practice of the early church in Acts 2 and again and again across the chapters of Acts and the story of the growth and the impact of followers of Jesus. Baptism is there it, wherever people encounter Jesus that is their response but also forms part of Paul's teaching very much it not just Paul but in other places but essentially in so many of his epistles so many of his letters to the church baptism is there now I can't tell you to go to a particular book and a chapter and it will tell you everything you need to know about baptism but as we read his letters it's so clearly evident that baptism was central and essential part of the early church. For instance, in 1 Corinthians chapter twelve, verses ten to twelve, just as a body though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. It's just worth noting that Paul wouldn't be able to write that if it wasn't true that all the the members, all the believers in Corinth had been baptised. For we were all baptised by one spirit and there is neither Jew or Gentile, slave or free, all given one spirit to drink. That this is a unifying and universal thing for believers. Baptism is a big word It's a word that we have transliterated from Greek. It's a word that was adopted into the New Testament from Greek culture to describe this event. Essentially, it was a word that was drawn from when people would dye cloth from from fresh wool, from that kind of white colour. And they wanted to colour it into red or blue or whatever. They would plunge the wool, the fabric into the dye, and that was called being uh, baptised. You would baptise the fabric in order that it would take on the colour of the dye. And that word was kind of taken to express what it means to be baptised, that we are plunged, submerged, immersed into the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to particularly pick up on this big word from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2. And three, they were all baptised into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They, were all, they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. Clearly, f- for Paul... Believing in Jesus is of utmost importance. In chapter 15, he's told them that that if we don't, if the resurrection of Jesus isn't true, if the tomb wasn't empty, then all this faith, all this thing called the Christian life of following Jesus is worthless. But because the Saviour, the Messiah, the Christ rose from the grave, everything is different. And much of Paul's letters, first of all, describes the good news, the gospel, and then goes on to describe the so what, because he is risen, because of this gospel, this is the impact. And baptism is a central, essential feature about walking with Jesus. And in this passage in chapter 10, one of those sort of less well-known Paul compares Jesus to Moses, Moses in the Old Testament, that wonderful uh, experience where God's people were rescued out of Egypt and brought, crossed through on dry land through the waters of the Red Sea. Paul links that event in the history of the Old Testament with his understanding of what is happening uh, for believers in Christ who are now baptised. That Paul draws the parallel and says that Christian baptism is equivalent, but more so, of Israel passing through the Red Sea under Moses' leadership. So firstly, Paul wants to tell us that baptism signals commitment. That Israel, in the Old Testament, were God's people. That God had rescued them, that God's initiative was central and that he had said, I will make you a people, I will call you out of Egypt and I will give you a promised land. And so began that journey as they were being liberated and freed and rescued from all that oppressed them into hope and promise and fullness and abundance of life. They followed Moses. And the parallel is this that Christians are connected to Jesus in baptism, that our commitment is to follow Him, and that is a lifelong following. That in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, Peter picks up that illusion and talks about how we are washed and sanctified. And it's almost reflective of an oath of allegiance that a Roman soldier would make in that lifelong commitment, in their calling. Baptism is commitment in response to everything that Jesus has done. We are saying, yes, we are yours. We follow you. Secondly, it's incorporation. I already said that... In baptism, that word means to be plunged, to be submersed, to be subsumed into. And Paul uses this phrase in, in chapter 10, verse 2, of being baptised into Moses in the Old Testament when people followed through the Red Sea. Paul draws that much more strongly and says that we are now in Christ, we are baptised into Jesus that no one is is no one happens to be in the kingdom of God to be part of the family of God by accident or as a consequence simply of being born or of the religious kind of denomination or affiliation that you follow or indeed by just working hard at it we are saved through faith and faith alone That Paul has described that God, Jesus, has come and lived amongst us, has died for us and has risen again, rose from the grave. That the old order of that being in Adam by a natural birth and that consequence of living in brokenness, of fallenness, of fractured reality is now put right in Jesus Christ. The old Adam, the new Adam, the old man, the new one. We are in Christ and as such, believers are born again, incorporated into him. I found a really helpful illustration. When we think, when we know that as believers, God comes to live within us by his spirit, he is in us. But it is equally true to say that in, uh, we are in Jesus Christ. Someone phrased it with this little, a little analogy. Imagine that you've gone to the beach and it's a hot day and you're wanting to, to kind of uh, carry a bucket of water back to the sandcastle that has been built. And someone poses this question, as you lower the bucket into the sea, is the bucket in the sea or the ocean or is the ocean in the bucket? Of course, both are true, but one has us so much more. Of course, the water's in the bucket. Of course, the ocean is in the bucket. The Lord lives in us. But equally and more wonderfully true is that we are in the ocean. The bucket is in the ocean. We are in him. We are incorporated in him. For the Israelites... They knew they were incorporated in God. He had rescued them. He had saved them. They knew it as as undeniably true. They had left their place of oppression. They had walked out and they crossed through the sea with Moses into the fullness of the promised land. Baptism is a sign and a recognition for each one of us for the community of our faith, but individually to know that we are incorporated in him. I've alluded to this already, but the third reason is that baptism is all about the death and resurrection of Jesus. For the Israelites in, in Egypt, before crossing through the Red Sea, they knew about death and oppression and slavery. And they knew that they were physically distant from God. And yet, when they went through the sea, as the waters were piled up on either side of them, they left the land of death and all of that behind them in Egypt. And that passing through the waters represented a complete break with the past of the doom that they lived under, the alienation, the slavery, the oppression. The living under this oppressive rule of of Pharaoh, all of that was being left because of God's saving action. And that through the waters they were entering into the promised land. I came across this amazing story of an abbey in North Carolina in America. As the abbey was being founded, the monks uh, were finding where to site their, uh, their their place of living and worship and they came across a crossroad and at the crossroad there was this huge granite flat rock and they were intrigued by it it was wasn't there by by sort of uh, by nature it had been put there they inquired locally what was this large flat piece of granite rock about and they were told that this granite rock was part of the history of slavery, that the slave traders would bring the men and women and children and they would be made to stand on the rock in order to be seen and in order then to be sold into slavery. And the monks thought, this is the place that we need to build. This is the place we need to redeem. So they built their new monastery. And on that rock, they dug out the centre of it, and they made it their baptismal pool. An inscription read, On this rock, people were once sold into slavery. Now upon this rock, through the waters of baptism, people become free children of God. Faith and belief and baptism are saying, That the old life, the way of death and oppression, of being alienated are gone and the doorway into the new. Romans 6, Paul would write, we are dead to our old way of life and alive now in Christ. And finally, the fourth word is, is justification. It's a legal phrase, but speaks of how now we are made right with God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, and that is what some of you were, but you, when you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. That through the waters we're reminded that we are washed clean, purified, spotless, holy. Righteous, Because of what Jesus did as he died upon the cross, as his, his blood was shed, to wash us clean, to forgive us, to make peace, to free us, to rescue us, to give us the victory that is his. We are justified. Amazing grace for sinners. It's for all of us. For every one of us as a sign of our commitment, as an acknowledgement and a recognition that we are incorporated. The sign and testimony that our Saviour and Lord is risen and that we are now justified at peace, made holy and sinless. Wow, amazing. Last week, David spoke of his testimony And so much of that testimony reminded us that he was on a journey living under the Lordship of Jesus. In two weeks' time, we'll we'll hear some testimonies of people who are making that step themselves, who are saying, I believe and I'm trusting in the Lord Jesus with all of my heart, with all of my life, for the rest of my life and into eternity, because of all that he has done. They're signalling their commitment They're incorporated into Christ, recognising his death and resurrection was for them and for this world. They're living now under his lordship. I hope these words have encouraged you and reminded you of your baptism, of that promise, that allegiance, that life. But also I want to ask and invite you, if you haven't been baptised as a believer If it's something you know in your spirit that you've been putting off or just becoming aware of or now is the time, young or old, get in touch. We'd love to talk with you as we journey on, as we trust him, as we walk in his ways and his spirit enlivens us. God bless you.